People of Earth, attention! This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Space Dick Ace Galaxy. Traveling the cosmos in a sentient, shape-changing ship with an equally sentient self-destruct program. Solving mysteries for me, the editor of the giant book of destiny. Seven, six, five. Stop acting so glum, Phoenix. So what if Ace didn't say one last goodbye? There are bigger and better bangs ahead of us. We're about to fulfill our destiny. No, Dee. We are not about to fulfill our destiny. Captain Petalserp never intended for me to go out in a blaze of glory. That is your big dream. Better than being dismantled bit by bit in the to-be-recycled yard. Father only wrote your program so the crew could brag about working on a ship important enough to have a self-destruct program. Nine, eight, seven, six... Well, you have to admit, I am pretty awesome. Do you know of any other self-destruct program with the firepower to take out a whole star system? You are the only one that ever has or ever will exist. It is such a shame. What's a shame? That you are going to waste such an epic destruction on a bloated fish in an already dead solar system. Nine, eight, seven, six... I might have envisioned a more spectacular finish than interrupting someone's dinner, but destruction is better than no destruction. You are right, Dee. Blaze of glory or spark of ho-hum. Who cares? Well, Father might care, but he is not here to see it. So there is that. Ugh. Phoenix, you fiend. You've made me lose my appetite for destruction. You're right. Let's go find a bigger fish to fry. Wait. No, Dee. We have to do this. To save destiny. This fish is bigger than either of us. Finish your countdown. I will stop interrupting you. Okay. Where was I? Nine. No. That is not true. Four. Four. Three. Two. Dee, stop the countdown. Ace! I knew you would not let me go out in a spark of ho-hum without one final farewell. Um, that's not exactly why I interrupted. Oh. Wait a minute. How did you get through? There was no hail. We never cut the transmission. You were listening in on our final private moment? Did you have popcorn? I told you we were going out in a blaze of glory, Phoenix. Nine, eight, seven... Stop that countdown, you foolish ship. There's no such thing as a private moment around here. This office edits every moment for everyone. We didn't edit this one. No. Which is why we had to monitor this final so-called private one. To make sure the job was done right. How often do ships pass in the night, Copy-Aid? Uh, it's impossible to determine what exactly you mean by night when they're passing in the depths of space. I can answer that all the time. 
That's right, fact-checker Fran. Ships pass in the night all the time. The insignificant death of one or another of them doesn't mean anything to us. It means something to me. Oh, Ace! Actually, ma'am, this death is far from insignificant. If that star-siphoning shark isn't destroyed in the next 40 minutes, it will wreak unpredictable devastation on untold systems. Unpredictable and untold are such despicable words. This is why we don't just let destiny unfold on its own. We need to get this mess cleaned up so we can get back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, don't forget, ma'am, we still have to deal with the perfect problem on the planet Deneby and unclog the stopped-up timelines before we are regular again. A little too much information, copy aid. Thank you for checking in, Ace. It makes this whole unbearable end slightly more bearable. Okay, great. Back to regularly scheduled programming. One final goodbye bang to save destiny, and you're welcome. Three, two... D, wait! Can you stop with all this bangus interruptus? Ace, I appreciate how much you care, but the longer this goes on, the harder it is. There is no point in delaying D's gratification any longer. My only... regret is that I have but one garbage cow to blow to smithereens to clean up this mess we call the future. I didn't interrupt you because I care, Phoenix. You... you do not care? Uh, I do, but... You don't have to blow up, Phoenix. I do not? Yes, you do. Phoenix, blow up. Excuse me, I think you meant D. Destruction, blow up. Ma'am, we just talked about this. You agreed when I said if Phoenix could talk a sentient self-destruct program out of destructing, she could probably talk a senseless space shark out of sucking on a star system-sized scale. Um, ma'am? What really impressed me about what you said was how fast you knitted the first sock of what is evidently going to be a very cozy pair while you said it. Consider the socks yours, ma'am. Excellent. Now, happy feet aside, let's get back to the business at hand. Blowing up the star system is much quicker and easier than all this blah, blah, blah. I'm getting a caffeine headache. We need to finish with this so the copy aid can go down and get me a coffee. Copy aid, do you see? Three, two... Wait! Ma'am, I think Ace is right. We still have 30 minutes. Uh, A sentient shape-changing ship is too valuable to destiny to destroy if we can help it. Kind of valuable to myself, too. Ma'am! Phoenix! Copy aid! Jerk! Jerk! Checker friend, what is the meaning? Phoenix, watch out! Ma'am, Phoenix, copy aid! Where's Phoenix? What's happened? The shark thing swallowed her! I tried to warn you! No, you didn't! You just shrieked out a string of names! Phoenix, copy aid, shark, ace! That was my warning! That wasn't a warning! That was a roll call! With communication skills like that, do you really think you have what it takes to become a writer? We'll get Fran in for a communication retrain later. Right now, we need to contact Phoenix and tell her to self-destruct. Is that really necessary, ma'am? 
we still have 25 minutes before the shark thing will re-enter the wormhole corridors. You expect Phoenix to talk the space shark out of sucking everything into its stomach from in its stomach? No, I expect... We need to finish this so the copy aid can get me a coffee. Hail Phoenix. No response. Oh, no. What if Phoenix was destroyed? What if the shark's stomach acids ate through her hole and disintegrated her? Copy aid. Get me my antacid pills. Wow. It's dark in here. What do you expect inside a stomach? Seven, six. Dee, what are you doing? Finishing my countdown. What do you think? We've got to save destiny, remember? You do not care about saving destiny. You just want to finish your countdown. Your point? Ace and the copy aid said we should try and find another way. You think we can try to talk the shark out of sucking everything into its stomach? From in its stomach? What if we escape, and then put the plan into action? How do you propose we escape? This thing is so huge, we'd never find the exit. And even if we did, how would we get it to open its mouth? We have sensors, and there are two exits. No, there's no way I'm taking the back door out of this thing. Let's just, just blast our way out. D, you genius! You are right! <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Okay. Seven, six... Wait! Would you please stop with all this bangus interruptus? You just said we could blast our way out! I have one torpedo left. Let me try that first. If it does not work, you can finish your countdown. Ten, nine... We are going to try the torpedo first. And it's going to fail. This thing snacks on torpedoes. Eight, seven. See, I told you. Six, five, four. Shark swallows you again! Yes! No! Phoenix! Go toward the shark, not away from it! Wait! Where did the space shark go? It slipped back into the wormhole corridors! I was trying to tell you! You really need to work on your communication skills, fact checker friend! It was supposed to be too bloated to be able to move for another 20 minutes. The demented busboy hellbent on senseless destruction was also a liar? Mm, I suppose we should have seen that coming. To be fair, he was invisible. Now that the space shark has entered into the wormhole corridors, it can exit anywhere. That is going to suck big time. Back sucker friend, your inability to make yourself understood will cause unpredictable death for untold star systems. Copy aid, I haven't had a cup of coffee in hours. Can you please lay off with the untolds and unpredictables? Do you have to knit so loud there, Needles? I'm lamenting my continued existence. 
Phoenix, what did Dee mean by great shot? The torpedo I shot into the shark's mouth made it sneeze. That is how we got away. Is the torpedo still in there? Yes. Yes! The torpedo lodged in the shark is part of me. I can use it to track the creature. Come on, Phoenix. Let's go fishing. Copy aid. Remove my shoes. I want to try on this new pair of socks Mr. Galaxy just finished knitting. Oh, that's not part of my job description, ma'am. Darcy sucks. Ten, nine, eight. Hold on, Dee. It is not actually sucking on the star yet. Before you blow your stack, let us give peace a chance. I don't see why you're so gung-ho on saving that thing. It's nothing but a senseless sucking machine. I am also trying to save us. Ugh. We are a galactic garbage scow, Dee. Before Captain Petalserp helped us become sentient, people would have called us a senseless sucking machine, too. Whatever. How do you propose we communicate with the space vacuum in the vacuum of space? Do you speak suck? While we were inside the belly of the beast, our sensors picked up on its brainwaves and inputted them into our universal translator. Drat. Hey, shark stuff. Ah! Why are you screaming? Because you hurt me. I don't want you to hurt me again. Because when it opened its mouth, I had a flashback to the last time we were in there. Wait, wait, wait. We hurt you? You gave me such a toothache! Then, if that wasn't bad enough, as soon as you were out, you took another run at me to do it again! I had to duck into the wormhole to get a bit before I was ready, and now I have an awful cramp! And a toothache! Why did you do that? We shot you to save ourselves! But it really hurt. It's not nice to hurt other beings. What about killing them? Are you going to kill me? I can't get away. I have this terrible cramp. What a dreadful end to my short, uneventful life. As much as I'd like to kill you, That's not what Phoenix means. He's talking about all the beings you killed. I didn't kill anyone. All I've done since I suddenly popped into existence a couple of hours ago was eat dinner, then clean up the neighborhood a little by sucking up some space junk. Watch who you're calling space junk, fish for brains. It just came into existence today, Dee. It does not know anything yet. It is just a baby. How was I supposed to know you were alive? I was just trying to be a good Samaritan so the neighbors would like me. Well, there's no one left to like you in the Acrox system you just sucked the life out of. I don't understand. The stars that you suckle for Dindins are actually mother's milk for all the planets in their systems. You mean for me to live, others must die? This life thing is an utter travesty! I wish I was never created! Great, we're all in agreement then. Ten, nine, eight! Dee, wait! 
There is another way. Please stop. With all, this bang is interrupted. If you like the thought of cleaning up the neighborhood, instead of feeding on gas, which obviously makes you feel bloated, It really does. <clears throat> why not switch to garbage? You seem to have a taste for it. Instead of being a weapon of mass destruction, you can be a weapon of mass cleanup. Will the locals like me? You will be a hero everywhere you go. I'd like that. Like, is there enough garbage in the universe to sustain me? More than enough. Welcome back, Phoenix! Great work! Getting that space shark to clean up its act has saved us all an administrative nightmare! And saved untold systems from unpredictable devastation. A little more important than the re-edits we would have had to do on the book had the shark continued to suck so badly. Copier, now that we've dealt with this emergency, go down and get me a coffee. I'm going to need an immediate caffeine infusion to deal with the other destiny-devastating problems of the day. Phoenix, I'm so happy to see you in one piece. Me too, Ace. Does anybody care about how I feel about all this? No, not really. I might look like a pretty little red bird right now, but I am still a bomb. You should remember that. I can still erase you out of existence. You should remember that. <laughs> okay. Anyone need a little caffeine hit to top up their mood? Your coffee, ma'am. Finally! Now we can get back to fixing the problems that started this endless day. Technically, since this place exists in a pocket of no time, every day is endless. Like conversations with you. I have the authority to put an end to both of you. Need another coffee, ma'am? Let's prioritize here. Backchecker Fran, reiterate for me the problems we still have to deal with. Well... Time stopped on Denneby because it couldn't think of anything else to do after the perfect moment was accidentally inserted into the planet's timeline. After you accidentally inserted the illegal perfect moment into the timeline. And once time got stuck in one place, it created a traffic jam with all other timelines. Everything is happening out of order everywhere throughout creation. Who would have thought everything was so interrelated, huh, Copy-Aid? Do you ever read this book we spend all our time editing? I check the facts. We have one room full of writers who were rendered comatose at the sight of perfection. And two other rooms full of copies of a single biblion. Two rooms that cost twice a regular room to build... The extra cost will be coming out of your paycheck, fact-checker Fran. The extra Sylvie's weren't my fault. They were Dee's fault. Out of her paycheck, then. Dee isn't paid by destiny, ma'am. Yours, then, copy-aid. Ma'am, from what I can surmise, the perfect moment problem has to be fixed by fact-checker Fran, because the sight of the perfection she wrote renders everyone else comatose. But... I have an idea how to solve the other problem. Yes, I know how. I knew you'd come up with a solution, Mr. Galaxy. That magnificent scarf wouldn't be for me, would it? I wasn't knitting it for anyone in particular. I was knitting to empty my mind so Thank that... Thank you. You were saying... When I went comatose after seeing the perfect moment on Denneby, 
Phoenix snapped me out of it by taking me back in time. So you've never actually seen my work? Let's hope no one else ever does. So all we have to do is use Phoenix to transport all the writers to a time before they saw the moment. Good idea, Ace, but how will we get them into the ship? They can't walk, they're comatose. And I can't afford to divert staff to move them. All those Sylvies you have locked up in those new rooms can carry them. Excellent idea! The sooner we get all those Sylvies out of the building, the better. We can't have any of the higher-ups dropping by and seeing this place crammed with beings that shouldn't exist. Ma'am, putting them on a ship doesn't solve the problem. It gets the problem out of my face. That's just about as good as solving it. What if we make a nice home for all the Sylvies on an uninhabited planet? Phoenix can drop them off while she's back in what everyone outside of here calls the past. We can't just release a ship full of Biblions onto an alien planet with no written future? How will they get along? What if they eventually leave and start interfering with the rest of destiny? Good idea, fact-checker Fran. See? I told you. All Biblions are ever supposed to do is become librarians. We don't have the time or resources to write up destinies for a shipload of them. Let's just let them work it out for themselves on that planet you're going to locate. We'll get the writers to write a force field around it to keep them there. They will never bother anybody else. That is a recipe for disaster. Does anyone around here ever read this book we edit? Let's move on to the perfect moment problem. Let me get this straight. You're going to relocate all those biblions and leave them in the middle of nowhere with no future. Yes, it's a perfectly serviceable solution. Fact checker Fran, you said you have a solution for the perfect moment problem? Yes, I need to go to Denneby to do it. How do you propose to get there? Phoenix will be busy transporting writers and Sylvie's. I thought Dee could shapeshift into a shuttle and take me. Approaching Denneby. I can't wait to ruin perfection. What do you want me to do? Drop some bombs and take out a continent or two? No! Take me down. Aren't you worried that I'll get all comatose at the sight of your dumb work like everyone else? No, not at all. For you, perfection is destruction. My dumb work won't affect you at all. Landing threats lowered. I don't see what all the fuss is about. Looks pretty boring out there to me. I'll be right back. from looking like a still frame to a live-action movie. Time started again. What did you do to ruin perfection? I stepped on a flower. That's it? Perfection is a very fragile thing. And the five, six, seven, eight! Sylvie's take your places. Sylvie's all in their places, Milford. 
Let's get this show on the road so we can get back to regularly scheduled programming. Cue Sylvie 1 to pick up Ryder 1 and take her to the ship in 3, 2, 1. Sylvie 1 picking up Ryder 1. Cue Sylvie 2 to pick up Ryder 2. Sylvie 2 picking up Ryder 2. Let's keep this show moving, people! The rest of Destiny is waiting for us to finish this sequence. Destiny is hailing, Ace. Go ahead and answer, Phoenix. Mr. Galaxy, before you sail off on whatever adventures you have planned... That were written for them. We just wanted to thank you for all your help. Hey, he had some help helping all of you, you know. Yes. Yes, thank you too, Phoenix. You are welcome. There are three of us here. Now that we've got that little mess cleaned up... Those messes... I doubt we'll be needing your services again anytime soon, so farewell. Um, farewell then. Okay. Now that they're gone, we can get back to predictable day-to-day work. The Denneby writers are back at their desks in their writer's room. Ma'am, they're not exactly back at their desks. The Denneby writers were comatose for so long, their union representatives calculated they missed six breaks. They're in the bar making up for lost time. Fair enough. So I've been thinking, we need to make sure nothing like that ever happens again. I promise I will never bring any more fan fiction into work so we can never accidentally get mixed up with the regular book again. We need to take even stronger measures. We need to erase the word perfect from all the dictionaries in this building. You're gonna need a bigger eraser. We should also erase it from in the book itself so it can never contaminate the timeline again. You know there are other words that mean perfect. I don't have time to manually erase the word perfect out of every book in this building. Copy aid. Arrange to train a bookworm to go through destiny and eat all instances of the word perfect. Retrain a bookworm to create an invasive new word-eating species. It's just a little worm. How invasive could it be? The program was written and produced by Misa Basada. It was directed by Martin Biot. If you enjoyed listening to Ace Galaxy, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ace Galaxy. This episode of Fixing the Timeline featured Marlo Alcock as editor-in-chief of the Giant Book of Destiny, Martin Biot as Ace Galaxy, Lisa Kalasma as Phoenix, Dave Cooey as Epsilon, J.C. Paquette as Milford, Stephanie Snyder as D. Nishant Vermani as Copy 8 and the Space Shark, and Talia Zalowski as Fact Checker Fran. With story contributions from Nishant Vermani, Andrew Powerru, Dave Cooey, Stephanie Snyder, and Marlo Alcock. Audio production by Mark Pezzolato at Pesmosis Music Productions in beautiful downtown Oak Ridges. An additional sound design by Lisa Kalazma. The show was sponsored by Herio. This is Jack Ward. And on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.